Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome to the Gospel for Life. We are ending this series this week um, on human sexuality and what the Bible says about it. Uh, it is June 2019. This is what the culture calls Gay Pride Month, and we have been um, touching on a, a bunch of different subjects from um, human sexuality, what our design was in original creation to fall and, and how that's uh, perverted our desires. Uh, we've talked about homosexuality, about transgenderism. And so today is kind of trying to tie up um, all these loose ends together. So here's the question today, brothers. How should we as Christians react when the state starts to impose the sexual revolution on the church? Now, if you've been watching the news at all, you know that that equality bill – I think it passed at least the House. I don't think it'll pass the Senate. But these are very real, relevant questions for today. Should we as Christians just go along with the sexual revolution, or is there ever a time when we are supposed to practice civil disobedience? Um, well, the church is always called to follow Christ. And uh, you know, throughout history, the the church has— uh, had times of compromise with, with secular culture and compromise with secu- secular authority, um, and you know we're we are to recognize the authority of government and we're to pray for those in authority. But you know, absolutely, uh, we must obey Christ, um, as the apo- uh, the apostle uh, Peter. Uh, we must obey God rather than men. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, to the extent, and and you know, we don't know yet, you know, where where this is going to go historically. Uh, but let's certainly be prepared. Um, you know, my the church that I serve. Uh, you know, we have it as a part of our um, policies that we will not. For, for instance, and I, we're not alone in this. Lots of churches have this policy. We will not conduct a same-sex marriage. We don't. We don't have a building. But if we had a building, we would not uh, host a, a same-sex marriage ceremony in our building. Uh, we've, we've simply said in advance, this is not a direction we're going to go. Um, and there, there may come a point in the future, I don't know, there may come a point in the future where, for instance, our tax-exempt status could be threatened because of that stand. And at mm-hmm. that point, that's simply a price that we pay. Um, there are a whole lot of Christians in the world that suffer much, much more persecution than that. Uh, so... Uh, we, we we must follow Christ. We must obey, as the, as Peter said, we must obey God rather than men. And I th- and I think that um, we need to go back to our own gospel foundations. You know, when it how do, how do we deal with the world? And uh, I think you touched on that briefly with uh, regard to praying our prayers. First uh, Timothy chapter two verse. Uh, one and following. First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, 
godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So we present ourselves in a way that we're presenting the truth. We pray for those in authority so that we might live in, in peace and in quietness with our lives. So our goal isn't simply civil disobedience. Our goal is the uh, is to is for this peaceable kingdom and this relationship that we have with um, you know the kingdom of this world and the kingdom of Christ. We're in we're in two worlds and we live in those two worlds. Um, we're called to submit to authority, but we're also called to submit to the authority of God. And again, you touched on it, Phil, you know, we need to obey God rather than men. You know, it, you know, whatever seems right for the world to judge, uh, we need to obey God rather than men. So that's our, that's our position. Now, will we be forced to certain circumstances? I think that, you know, there's even practical situations where maybe we know, um, we have friends um, that are, you know, in a relationship, and they want to have a, they, they want to have some sort of union, a marriage, you know, that recognized, and that. Now, what are our responsibilities to them? Uh, well, our responsibility to them is to tell them that we love them and are concerned about them, and to clarify what that truth is. But that doesn't mean that necessarily in all situations there might be a a way in which we, without affirming what they're doing, we affirm the persons that are there. Yes, yes. So, so there's a there's a way in which we can do that, you know. And sometimes, sometimes that happens, uh, you know, even in in marriages, you know, all the. You know, all you have to do is look at you know you're doing a marriage and you you can see the in laws and. One family is not as excited about the other family getting married, but they're there. They're affirming their children without affirming what they're doing. Right. And, you know, there's ways in which we'll have to do some of that. We may be called to civil disobedience, you know, with regard to, you know, well, we're not going to practice. We're not, we're not, you know, the God's word is going to define how the church governs itself. Mm-hmm. The world is not going to define that for us. Well, and maybe just, uh, you know, civil dis- disobedience is a biblical idea. Sure. Right. So it's it's not like the the doctrine of some radicals in some <laughs> corner of of Christendom. Well, off off air, we mentioned the the Book of Daniel, yeah. and yeah. and that's you know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said we will not bow down. Yeah. Yeah. You know the the, the king King Nebuchadnezzar gave the order that when you hear the musical instruments play the 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 the, the, the lyre the the lute, the trigon, the, there's this whole list of musical instruments there yeah. in Daniel chapter 4. When you hear the music, you shall bow down. And Shadrach, yeah. Meshach, and Abednego said no. Yeah. And they were, they were serving the king. They were a part of, you know, they were, they were in exile. For, they were Jew, Jews in exile in Babylon. But they were servants of the king. They were part of his government. Yeah. And so it's not like they were totally withdrawn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when it came to this command, to when the king commanded them to idolatry, they said, "Oh, mm-hmm. King Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is so relevant today, to yeah. today, because to understand what's happening in Daniel chapter three, so this was a very polytheistic culture. Um, Nebuchadnezzar was not asking Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to abandon. Yahweh, right? 
Just what, add him. Just, just exactly. Just add just, this. Just, you know, you, syncretism. We're fine with you worshiping whatever god you want, as long as you don't say that this is the only god. Right. And this this was the real test. And and so what? So this is why it's relevant today. What Christians are called to today is to celebrate. The sexual revolution. You can be so. This is what the, our culture is saying to us. You can be a Christian all day. Be, right. Worship Yahweh. Worship Jesus. Worship whoever you want to, as long as you don't say that's the only way to live. Come and celebrate with us this other thing as well. I mean, it's it's right. like yeah. exact parallel with there what's was, happening today. There's a. I don't even remember where it is, but some court in Canada, you know, has determined that Christianity isn't among isn't among those things that we. Uh, are going toward for diversity and there's you know christianity isn't included in diversity yeah. uh, this is excluded from diversity <laughs> you know <laughs> a little contradiction there yeah a little contradiction yeah. there we're going to be tolerant of everything except, except for well that's that's the thing so this is one of the reasons why christianity does set itself apart i mean other religions are exclusive but christianity says no there's only one there's only one truth right. there's only one way there's only one god there's only one gospel there's only one revelation, um, and that is what exactly what the scripture reveals. There's no compromise on that, right? Right, uh, and and that's the way it should be. No compromise with regard to God's word. We're not looking for uh, ways to go along and get along. Mm-hmm. What we're, you know, our our calling is to present the gospel to the nations, and we know that. We know that according to God's word, that people are going to have itching ears and only want to hear what they want to hear, right. and uh, you know, things are not necessarily going to get better. You know, but the kingdom is going to grow. Right, it's going right. to grow even as the as the world brings itself further and further yes. to destruction. Yes. Yeah, and it, there there is something there is a unique dynamic going on today, um, that we are living in a post Christian culture. Uh, where Christianity is, I mean, rather our culture is very rapidly, I mean, it's, and it's amazing how rapidly it has happened, that our culture, our society has, has jettisoned Christian morality um, and, and beneath that has jettisoned Christianity. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, brothers, Christians have not always dealt with that really well. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we've dealt with that with anger, um, with judgmental by leading with judgment, uh, judgmentalism, um, and we've been frustrated sometimes and angry that our world has rejected uh, Christ and His ways and His word. And let's back up and say, first of all, why would we be shocked that the world doesn't yeah. want doesn't want to acknowledge Christ and His ways? We should not be shocked by that. Yeah. A servant and, and, is not better than his master. A servant is not better. Jesus told us that it would be this way. Yeah. And by the way, we have a remarkable resource for how to live as Christians in a pagan culture. It's called the New Testament. <laughs> that's, that's right. And things it's haven't changed. Of, yeah, the, the church has sort of been here before. Yeah. Yeah, the the whole idea of a post-Christian thing. I mean, there was there was a there was a pre-Christian world too as well. and the same things applied. Uh, you yeah. know, the gospels presented. We we were told uh, historically the blood of the martyrs was the seed of the church. Yeah. You know that per, those persecutions that came to the church uh, 
didn't serve to destroy the gospel. They actually served to promote the gospel. We see yeah. it in places like China, who's suffering incredible persecution, where Christianity is seen in direct opposition to right. the totalitarian uh, state that's there, yeah. and yet uh, uh, the be- because the seed has already been planted, you cannot take the gospel away at all. It's yeah, going right. to grow. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. Uh, don't forget about our upcoming conference this November. We're going to have uh, Mark, Jones, Mark Jones and Cornelis Venema. Our theme this year is uh, In Christ Alone. We're going to have four great sessions um, dealing with the assurance of our salvation, our union with Jesus Christ, um, what obedience to Christ looks like, and then... Um, the second coming of Christ. And I think, I'm, I'm just finishing up Second Peter right now, and there's nothing, I think, more relevant than, than looking forward to the King. This is the great promise um, in the New Testament stated over and over again. It's the Christian's one great hope. We hope that you can come to this conference. If you go to ReformationBoise.com, you can find information about it. And we hope to see you next time here on The Gospel for Life. 